Hello everybody, this is Andrew Gamison, and I'm pleased to welcome you to another episode of the Speaking For Him podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend more time with us this week. If you are a returning listener, thank you for your loyalty. If you are new, I hope that you will find something here today to encourage you on this journey that we call the Christian life. I'm really excited today because I am going to share with you five of my favorite books from the year 2021. A few years ago, back in 2019, I started writing down all the books that I read, and so I'm able to look back over the previous year and see the books that I read and consider which were the best. And so I've been trying to come to you each year with a rundown of my favorites so that I can encourage you to pick up good quality reading that will edify you and also help you get through some of the winter blahs that we are facing in this month of February. So I hope that you enjoy that discussion and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about what is going on. There's always a lot of negative news in the world, and sometimes we get a little bit jaded and think that the negative stuff is the only thing that ever happens. But this past week, I was alerted to the courageous and amazing testimony that a Harvard Law student gave on a blog for Harvard Law students, where she told her story of how she came to Harvard and how God was involved in that process. And in that article that was referencing her, it mentioned that she was on the Edify podcast with Billy Hollowell. Mariana, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate having you here. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. So we're here to talk about your testimony. And the thing that caught my eye was the fact that you're a Harvard Law School student and, you know, a lot of schools, they, they post sort of, you know, student testimonials and, and all sorts of things, you know, to kind of bolster the school, show the amazing experience students are having. And your testimonial was posted and it was incredible to read through because you wouldn't expect to see a, an actual testimony, a spiritual testimony in a, a testimonial, especially at a place like Harvard. There are a lot of stereotypes about the, you know, the culture at different schools and things like that. Uh, but let's, let's talk about this testimony. Um, what led up to it and tell us a little bit about the contents of it. Yeah, sure. So admissions runs a blog called Student Voices and it's a way for prospective students to gain in, insight into the HLS students' pathways to law school, uh, the meaningful experiences they've had on campus, really a way to recruit students to kind of just see what life is like there. Um, And so one way they recruit students to write a post for the blog is through student organizations on campus. And we have a bunch of group chats, um, especially uh, during the pandemic, those really kicked off. And so in one of those group chats, I saw that someone mentioned that admissions was looking for a volunteer to write a post. And so I, I mean, I volunteered, I thought, well, I haven't seen people really um, share, you know, the spiritual side to what led them to law school. And so I thought it would be a unique perspective that um, 
would be worth sharing. And so in, in this testimonial, you, you really share deeply your faith and the gospel message. And as you're reading it, it's, it's really incredible because you, you sort of get your background, who you are, and it just seems like it kind of builds. And, and in such a gentle and amazing way, it tells your story, and then it points people to who Jesus is. When you wrote it up and you submitted it, were you expecting that there might be major edits to it or there might be some kind of pushback? I'm just curious about what your expectation was submitting that. Yeah, I I definitely had those thoughts. <laughs> I wasn't sure what would be included, what revisions would be made. And there was back and forth. Um, I mean, for any post, there are revisions sure. that are made. Um but ultimately, the post that was published is the version I liked the best. And um, I knew that the pushback and the back and forth that I really needed to be worried about wasn't like from admissions necessarily, but was more in the spiritual realm. You know, the devil doesn't want people to know uh, that we can have freedom, salvation, life in abundance through Christ, all these things I mentioned in my post. And so I knew in that sense it would be a spiritual battle, but... I knew that if God wanted the story to be shared, then he would also make a way, um, but that I still needed to fight spiritually. And spiritual warfare has just been something that I've been uh, learning about a lot and growing in. And so really using Ephesians 6, really using all these tools that God gives us to fight, um, you know, faith, prayer, scripture. And that's what I did. I had my husband, um, my family praying with me. Um, I mean, the whole reason I feel like God brought me here is to um, spread his truth, spread love, his love to, to others. And um, so I felt like this was a great opportunity to show, you know, what God can do when we give our lives to him and um, walk with him. And so, yeah, I mean, I even... I, before I, I started to write the post, I felt a really heavy pressure, weight on my shoulders. Um, but then, you know, I just told those feelings like out loud. I was like, leave, leave me in Jesus name. And I just surrendered that burden to Jesus. And I was like, okay, God, I have no idea what to say. I feel like you want me to write this post. Um, so I know I can't do it on my own strength. So I just like, surrender to you. And so I did that and started typing. The story was so encouraging to me when I read it. And then when I heard the podcast interview with Billy Hollowell, and I just saw that this young lady is shining where she is at. You know, I think for a lot of us, we think that ministry is doing a podcast or ministry is preaching from a pulpit or ministry is going to the mission field and really the mission field is all around us and we are all given opportunities to share the Lord Jesus with others. And we're not called to go and do the big thing necessarily that everyone else is called to do. What we are called to do is to be faithful where we have been sent. And for Mariana, that was Harvard Law School. And I am so heartened by a couple things. Number one, that Mariana was bold in her faith. And number two, that Harvard Law School decided to publish the post as it was. And because there could have been some pressure 
in her mind to say, I want to get published by this student voices website from Harvard. So I'm going to tone down my references to Christ if I make them at all. And it's just so exciting to see that she didn't tone them down and that Harvard saw no need to remove them. And in this era where it seems like every week I'm coming to you with new stories of cancel culture and how it's affecting us in the United States, it was so refreshing to read this blog post and then also to realize that the lady behind this blog post is just a sweet, godly woman who wants to spread God's love everywhere and really shows, hopefully, to so many people around the country and perhaps even around the world because she's uh, from a Brazilian family. She's the first in her family to be born in the U.S. and now she's impacting Harvard Law School. And she talks in this podcast interview about praying with a professor. So apparently there is Christian influence on Harvard, even though we would not think it. And so it's just exciting to see that God is at work at Harvard as with everywhere else. And I just thought that would encourage you, my listener, to think about where God has you. What is your place of influence, and where can you bring Jesus into the conversation? Uh, Because Jesus is the answer for every question that we have today that is of major importance. That seems cliche, but it really is the ultimate truth, Um, because Jesus is the ultimate truth. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. We need to be exercised that if this country or this world expects to have hope that the only way that can happen is through Jesus Christ. Now I would like to talk to you about the truckers convoy in Canada. We brought this up a little bit last week, um, but now I have a bit of an update. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoking emergency powers against the truckers who are protesting vaccine mandates. Banks can now freeze their personal accounts, the accounts of anyone linked to the Freedom Convoy. Grady Trimble is live in Ottawa this morning with more on what the truckers have to say about this. Grady, an extraordinary measure by Trudeau. It is, Maria, by invoking this Emergencies Act, which has never been used before in the law's current form, it gives the federal government sweeping powers, including providing local police with federal law enforcement resources. On top of that, you can see the truckers are still here. It also gives uh, the Canadian banks the ability to freeze bank accounts without a warrant of anyone participating in this uh, road blockade, as well as anybody funding it. And if truckers are blocking the road. They can suspend the insurance of those truckers. On top of that, this will expand the scope of money laundering and terrorist financing laws to include and to cover crowdfunding sites like Give, Send, Go, where donations of millions of dollars have been pouring in from all over the world, including the United States and much of it from Canada. Uh, And so Give, Send, Go has ignored a court order and provided truckers, they say, with some of the money. Uh, But this will now uh, potentially prevent that from happening. I've been talking to the truckers here and asking them, will this change anything for them? You can see in this area, they've grown in numbers, and they tell me that the Emergencies Act won't deter them. 
When we were talking earlier, you said, I already can't do my job, so, you know, suspending my insurance doesn't do anything. Nope. Like, I, as soon as the mandates came in to uh, stop us from crossing the border, I, I was done because that's all I do. So it's nothing new to me. Because you're not vaccinated. No, I am not. The only thing that's going to convince me to leave is us getting our rights and freedoms back. And since this convoy started here in Canada, there's been talk of other movements growing across the United States. And now there's reportedly a people's convoy starting in California with plans, Maria, to make its way across the country to the nation's capital, to Washington, D.C. We will see how that plays out. And if they do something similar, we'll also see what this Emergencies Act does to get truckers off of Wellington Street right here in front of the Parliament building. Maria? This has been such an interesting developing situation, and I'm really glad, as I said last week, that the truckers are standing up for their rights and their beliefs. I mean, think about it. If you suspend the truckers from being able to do their job, which that trucker that was interviewed in this clip has said is already the case because he's not supposed to cross the border being a non-vaccinated person, and then you call tow truck drivers to pull these trucks out of the caravan and the tow truck drivers join the protest. And so you hypothetically suspend the tow truck drivers and then you have police officers that are called to arrest the people that are in violation of this. And the police officers themselves are siding with the people in a lot of cases you're basically creating gridlock in your country for your own purposes and for a power grab. And so I hope that Justin Trudeau learns this sooner or later. Folks, this is not about whether the vaccine is a good thing or a bad thing. This is about taking good employees out of rotation because they don't agree with your mandates. And Again, I don't know exactly how it works in Canada, but I know in the U.S., a mandate doesn't equal a law. I mean, that's one thing that has happened over the last couple of years in the U.S. is these leaders for us have basically circumvented the legal process of the legislature in order to do these mandates. And fortunately, there's been pushback. The... Biden administration tried to get a, a vaccine mandate for private businesses of 100 or more employees, and the Supreme Court said no, although they did side with the healthcare side of the mandate. So now we're in a place, as this update says, that we're dealing with the fact that now Justin Trudeau supposedly has this full executive power to even freeze bank accounts of the people that aren't doing what it is he wants them to do. And so my prayer is that these good employees will be able to resume their jobs and that Justin Trudeau will see the futility of his actions because people are starting to stand up against government tyranny. Uh, we've been doing it for the last year and a half. In Michigan, it was very heartening to see people come together with the Unlock Michigan petition. Anyone who has been listening to this podcast for any length of time 
knows that reading is an important part of my life, and I try to encourage other people to read. I had for, I think, three or four years a full four-book book club every year with Naomi Van Harn. Um, I'm very thankful that she came up with that idea because it really got me more focused on quality reading, and it was an exciting thing to go through with her. She has not been able to be involved on the level that she used to be, so we haven't had an official Speaking for Him book club for the last few years, but I still like to come to you with book recommendations. And so I'm going to share with you five of my favorite reads from 2021, and I'm really excited about that. But let's start with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is, Reading is an exercise in empathy, an exercise in walking in someone else's shoes for a while. And that is from Mallory Blackman. And I really do appreciate that. Um, because even when you're reading a novel, I think that you are largely uh, hearing the author's thoughts and just hearing how they process different issues. And so it's exciting to consider um what it is that each author is trying to convey. A couple of weeks ago when I did my review of Redeeming Love the Movie, I noted that the book was Francine Rivers' testimony in fictional form and how she resonated with the story of Hosea and how it's an allegory of God the Father's love for us. And so her heart comes through in those pages. And I think that's one of the things I really like about reading is that you hear people's heart and passion through their writing. And so I have some really good titles to share with you today that convey that. And so I'm just going to go through this list and give you my honest thoughts about each one and encourage you to pick these up and read. You know, that's one thing that I have purpose to do through all of my reviews on this podcast. I don't spend time picking apart things that I don't agree with. I don't spend time reviewing things to tell you how bad they are. If I think something's going to be really bad, I don't take the time to review it. So you know that if I review something here on the podcast, it's because I think it's worth checking out and we are supposed to be seeking to edify ourselves with everything that we do, and so it's a really exciting thing for me to be able to share with you some books that can help you to be an edified individual and to be encouraged in your walk with the Lord Jesus. So I'm starting today with the book uh, Grateful American by Gary Sinise, and one thing that's interesting about this list this year is that the first two books I'm going to mention are the first two books that I read for the year, which is kind of exciting and kind of interesting. As I was reviewing the titles that I read in 2021, even though these were the first two, they definitely stuck out. So the first one, as I said, is Grateful American by Gary Sinise. And this basically tells, in part, his life story, how he 
grew up and how he began to act and how he started the Steppenwolf Theater Company and how he um, really appreciated the service of his brother-in-law in the military when he did uh, Forrest Gump as Lieutenant Dan. It really hit him the sacrifice that is made by our troops. And then you couple that with his uh, stint on CSI New York as Mac Taylor, uh, and you realize how ingrained it was to him to be thankful for the service of so many first responders and military veterans uh, because he made sure that 9-11 was included as a pivotal part of CSI New York, that that his character's wife had died in 9-11, and that was a motivation for his character. As a result of both of these iconic roles, but I think particularly Lieutenant Dan, he started the Lieutenant Dan Band, and his traveling with the USO expanded into having a nonprofit organization where they provided housing and other resources for troops and their families. Uh, and it seems like every year I'm seeing new stories of what Gary Sinise is doing for others, and it's just so encouraging. And I really do believe that Gary is a man of deep faith. That came through when I watched CSI uh, New York. There were so many references to God and his role in life, and I'm really persuaded that Gary had a lot to do with it. So I would definitely encourage you to read this book. As I said, this book is part biography, but also part a call for patriotism and to honor those who have sacrificed for us. I think sometimes it's easy to sit in the freedom of America and not realize what it took to get our freedom. And, you know, we've talked extensively about that on this podcast. And so it's important for me to continue that wave of discussion by recommending my first book, uh, Grateful American. The next book I want to share with you is The Answer Is by Alex Trebek. And if you've listened to this podcast over this past year or so, you know that Jeopardy is an important part of my life. I've been watching it for most of my childhood and Alex Trebek was a big part of that. And so the answer is, was actually his autobiography and he had resisted writing a book, uh, for a long time. Didn't really think he had much to write. And then in the pandemic, he's like, why don't I actually start to write down some of my experiences and hopefully it will be, encouraging and beneficial to the fans of the show. And I'm really glad he did. This was probably partially motivated by his battle with pancreatic cancer, where he realized in a very short period of time that he would not always be there and that he would want to have a record of what his experiences were when he passed on. I think it was also motivated by the fact that there was an unauthorized biography that was coming out around the same time. 
and I just really enjoyed this this short but chock full of facts and information book that was the answer is. I think it's interesting for Alex Trebek to talk about how he was a troublemaker in school and how he relied on a very kind priest at his parochial school to give him a second chance and to not give up on him. Sadly, I don't think that Alex Trebek had a good grasp on the importance of being prepared for eternity, but I do think that there's a lot of wisdom in this book, and I really appreciated the gratitude that he conveyed for the opportunities that he was given, and as a fan of the show, there's just a lot of anecdotes that are included, and it's a fairly short read, so I would encourage you to pick up The Answer Is by Alex Trebek. The third book I want to talk to you about today is Becoming Mrs. Lewis by Patty Callahan. Now, this was a book that I just saw on the Overdrive audiobook site for the library, and I thought, well, this looks very interesting. I've always been a fan of C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, so I'm going to give this a listen, and it was very interesting. It is a novel, so not all of it is 100% accurate, but it's a historical novel, and it's a narrative of C.S. Lewis and his growing relationship with the woman that would become his wife, Joy Davidman. And it's a really interesting story of how they came to be a couple. Because, first of all, they became pen pen pals when she was asking sincere questions about Christianity. And she had struggles with her first husband and had to get away. So she goes to England to visit him. And she falls pretty hard for him. And then over the course of time, he marries her so that she and her kids can stay in England. And it's only after that that he realizes that he loves her. And they have a very short marriage, but it was a blessing to both of them. And it was just really interesting getting these insights into someone that I thought I knew a lot about. But it was a new perspective, something that hadn't been written extensively about, even though he's a pretty well-known person, and I just really enjoyed it. And so I would recommend uh, Becoming Mrs. Lewis by Patty Callahan. Again, you know, you, you kind of have to evaluate if historical novels are your genre of choice. Some people might not like that because they they might say, well, unless I can confirm that it's completely accurate, maybe I won't spend the time. But I really enjoyed it, and I think that you will find blessing from it as well. And I, I liked the fact that they married and then the feelings came later. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have feelings for someone when you marry them, but I feel like in today's culture, feelings are so prominent and so pushed to the forefront 
that somebody can have someone in their life that has loved them for a long time and maybe even that they've loved, but they just say, well, there's no way I could ever uh, love them in a romantic way, so they push it aside. Um, Instead of realizing that love is a choice and that feelings can grow when we make the choice to love. And so I was really encouraged by it, and I would think that you would be too, so I want to encourage you to pick up Becoming Mrs. Lewis by Patty Callahan. It's it's kind of a rough book to read. I think another thing that it does is it shows the imperfection of people because we we like to think that these people that we revere so much had perfect lives. And the reality is that they don't. The reality is that life is a mess, but that God can bring beauty out of the mess of life. I want to bring your attention to Aftermath by Terry Blackstock. Now, Terry Blackstock is uh, an amazing author of Christian mysteries slash thrillers. She is very dedicated to her craft. She's very dedicated to writing for Jesus. As a matter of fact, all of her books are lovingly dedicated to the Nazarene. Uh, And so I really appreciate that about her. There are a lot of parallels between her and Francine Rivers. Both of them were secular novelists. And I believe in both cases, they did not write in their own name until they switched to writing Christian books. As a matter of fact, one of the things I really respect about Terry Blackstock is that she won't give out any of her pen names because she doesn't want people to go searching for her secular fiction. And she just writes powerful stories. This story is about a bombing at a concert venue and a man who is falsely accused and gets bailed out by... Um, a lawyer who is astute and who is very good at her job and also happens to be an old friend. And there is a romance woven in, and it's just a really interesting book um, with fun and romance, but also spiritual warfare and just a clear... uh, declaration of Christ working on our behalf and I just really like the way Terry Blackstock brings the gospel into her writing and if I ever become a novelist which is a kind of a dream of mine for the future I want to write powerful books like her and the last book that I want to share with you today is The Only Plane in the Sky. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but the majority of the reading that I do is actually by audiobook, and this is for a variety of reasons. Number one, audiobooks have never been easier to obtain since uh, they started doing Overdrive as a way to download books from the library, audiobooks that is, And number two, when I'm carrying my iPod with audiobooks on it, I don't have to worry about dropping 
a big book or being able to handle a big book because everything is right there on the iPod. And why do I bring that up as my introduction for this book? Uh, because a lot of books you can read either way. You can read them in print or you can listen to them in audio and it doesn't really matter which. If I could make a solid recommendation to you for this book to read it in audio form, I would do so. The reason for this is that basically this book, The Only Plane in the Sky, is an oral history of 9-11 from people who lived through it. People that were in air traffic control, people that were in the Twin Towers, people that were in the Pentagon. And so what they did was they had dozens of narrators do the book. So you feel like you're hearing a lot of different voices, not just in what they say, but in the way their voices sound. So I really feel like the audio book added to the experience. Another reason why I like the audiobook is that it had actual radio transmissions from that day and other broadcast audio that had to do with 9-11. So it really put you in that space and made you remember that day. And of course, for those of us who were living, and especially for those of us who were adults on 9-11, it's kind of our generation's Pearl Harbor, and we can remember where we were and what we were doing that day. I will never forget it myself. And so reading a book like this really puts it in perspective because it brings you even closer and tells you what it was like for people who survived this horrible tragedy. One of the most exciting stories in the book was the one of the last survivor who was pulled from the rubble a couple days after the collapse. She stayed alive by a miracle and is still alive, testifying to the goodness of God in her life. So these are just five books that I have enjoyed reading in 2021, and I hope will encourage you as we finish out the winter. I hope that this journey of learning about my favorite reading has been encouraging to you. Feel free to drop us an email or find me on Facebook um, just under Andrew Gamison and leave me a comment about what you like to read and what spoke to you the most in 2021 as far as reading goes. And I would be very grateful to receive that and also to potentially share on a future episode of the podcast. That's about all I have for you this week, but I hope that you will have a great week and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 